Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. As we come to the word today, we are in week number three of our series that we started the year with called the declutter. And it is week number two of our 21 days of uh, renewal of fasting and prayer. And so if you haven't been with us uh, recently or ever before, uh, what we do is at the beginning of the year, we take some time uh, to focus our attention on hearing from God and focusing our energy on allowing God to speak what he has in store for us this year into our lives. So we want to be still, we want to hear, we want to have expectation that God has something to say to each one of us. And so this declutter series is talking about making room for that to happen. And finding the time or dare I say, making the time for God to speak into our lives. And this has to become an intentional activity. This has to be something that we, we set our hearts and our minds to be fervent about doing because decluttering our lives will not happen on its own. I can promise you the time fairy is not going to show up and sprinkle some magic dust over your head and three hours appear in your day. It's not going to happen. And so when we're talking about living a life with power and with purpose, it takes effort and intentionality on, on our part. And so in this week, this third week of the series, I want to talk about starting to put our energies around getting clarity and living with purpose, maybe more than we ever have before. And our text for today kind of sets the scene because it told us that there is a time for everything. Every activity under the sun, there is a time and a season which that is where our time and energy should be devoted. The problem is it's never a time for everything, although it's always a time for something. So the question that we have to wrestle with is, are we living into the season that God has called us to at this time? Or are we too filled up? Are we too distracted? Are our lives too cluttered that we can't live fully at this appointed time and place? I want to set the framework from something I gave in the first sermon. It's this concept of margin. Margin. What we what we want to have at the end of this series is people who have who have taken the steps to put some margin in your life. And the definition that we got from uh, the first week was that margin is power minus load. Power is my time. It's my gifts. It's my abilities. It's my resources. It's my support system. It's all that builds me up. And then the load are the things that are taking away from me. It's my commitments, it's my responsibilities, it's bills, it's duties, it's things that people are pulling away that drain me. That's my load. And whatever I have from my power minus my load gives me the space, the margin that I'm supposed to live my life by. 
Now, here's the problem. If our load is ever greater than our power, then we are leading ourselves to a life of self-destruction. It's true. We were not made to live at a hundred full tilt all the time, every day, day after day. We will literally destroy ourselves. But we live in a world that tries to get us to do it. It just happens. We live in the Bay Area, cutting edge technology center of the world. It's fast paced. It's a lot of demands. We have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of commitments. How do we manage to have margin in the midst of all this craziness? Now, I want to say two things. One, I'm not living in la-la land. I know that it's 2016. I know that you got bills. I know you got kids. I know you got responsibilities. You got stuff you got to do. But I also know that your God did not design you to live a life of self-destruction. I know that this God has a way that he can help us have the wisdom and the strength to, to make some margin in our lives so that we can live a life that is joyful and powerful and, and, and able to have an intimate relationship with the Father who called us into being. Somehow in the middle of all this chaos, he will find a way to allow us to live with margin. I promise he designed you for it. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy. It means we got to make some decisions. We have to make some choices. We have to declutter. So I want to talk about the process of how we do that. And, and that's part of the reason why we begin this year with this 21 days of prayer and fasting, to try to, to, try to help us be intentional about making a space for God to speak into our lives. And so this is the second week of our 21 days. Um, We started last Sunday, and so this is the beginning of our our second week, and I want to tell you, this is a critical week. This is what I think is the turning point in this process. If you haven't started it yet, if you haven't joined us, it's never too late. Today's a great day to put your heart and your mind on focusing on what God is saying. But let me just ask, just for context, how many people have started? How many people have, have taken the step to say, I'm going to make this an intentional thing? Wonderful. We've got a good, a good number of people. So for the people that are already in, I want to tell you, this is, a, this is a turning point week. This is critical. Why do I say that? Because maybe you've had a day or two where you have started some good new things. And it's easy at this point to say, well, I gave it a try for a couple days, but now back to the same old, same old. This is a decision point. And so I want to give you four thoughts about how to to make sure that this time of of hearing God and and spending time with God and prioritizing the the ability to allow God to speak into your life. How how do we do that? I want to give you four things, and the last one is the one I'm going to spend some time on today. The first one is I want you to continue to practice the new rhythms of life. See, again, this is not theoretical. And, and we've got two things. We, we've got an, an emphasis on spending time and praying and, and hearing God. And we've also got this fast, this, this, this pulling back from our normal routine of eating. And we're using the Daniel fast as a model. And you can't just sit around thinking about getting closer to God. We've got to insert some new rhythms into our lives. We've got to intentionally do some things differently. 
doesn't have to be all or nothing. I think some of the most powerful things are some of the most subtle things, but they're intentional. I love Pastor Long's message last week about the pace of life, just how fast things keep coming and how full we are and, and, and how much we're always in a hurry. That, that's been what God has spoken to me the most as I enter into this time. And so I, I've, I've made that a practice to begin that I want to be really diligent about. And, and, and I'm going to share it with you. It's nothing super spiritual. You know what I did? I, um, I, I decided, and, and by the way, our, our focus here is on intimacy with God, not following food rules. This is about, and, and for some of us, truth be told, the food might be way less important than Facebook. For some of us, what we need to fast from is from TV for a little while. It can be all kinds of things that we see that is absorbing us that we need to pull back from to declutter our hearts and minds to spend some time with God. And so for me, it's been the pace of life by which I live. And so I was looking at, at what God was speaking to me and, and I looked at it and, I, and I've been following, you know, what I've been eating and trying to make some, some intentional decisions to, to pull back. And, and I made the decision for myself that uh, one of the key things with the Daniel fast is fruits and vegetables. And so for me, I decided if, if I can eat an orange, then I can drink orange juice. Seemed logical to me. Now, if all of you that are wagging your finger at me because I'm ungodly and not following the Daniel fast, trust me, it's okay. But here's my point. It wasn't about the orange juice. It was about the pace of my life. Here's my normal routine. I like orange juice. I run downstairs. I reach in the refrigerator. I throw some orange juice in a glass. I slam it back, and then I'm running out the door. And here's what I did last week. I went out and bought one of those juicer things. And I bought a bag of oranges. So now I come downstairs. I get the oranges. I cut them in half. And I squeeze a glass of orange juice. And that whole process has me thinking, it was God that provided this orange. And and, and maybe that means I got to get up a little earlier. Maybe that means I got to push my appointments back. But I can't tell you how how refreshing it is to just sit and think and thank God in the simple process of drinking a glass of orange juice. See, this doesn't have to be super complicated. You don't have to change your whole life. It's about making space to just be with God and thank God and engage with God and put your heart and mind in in the presence of God. And I can't tell you how much of a blessing it's been just to sit down and say, God, you are responsible for this and I thank you and bless you. Whatever you have, whatever you started, whatever you tried, continue to put those things into practice. Because this is the week, even Oprah said it, so it must be true, that it takes 21 days to make a new habit. So maybe you're seven days in and you got three or four W's under your belt. Well, hold fast to that. Continue to press. Be intentional about looking at what you're going to do. I want to talk about what Pastor Long said last week. He said, maybe we need to shut off the TV for an hour and realize that that hour of TV is costing me something. So the first thing I want you to do is is go home today on your Sabbath day 
and, and spend an hour and say, what can I insert into my weekly rhythm this week that will allow me to have more time with God? Spend that hour, invest it in planning for time with God because it is not going to pop up by itself. Number two, ask big questions. Ask big questions. If we're hearing from God, if we're making space for God to speak, then expect God to speak. Those big questions of our lives about, God, what is my purpose? God, what would you have me to do, God? How would you have me to live, God? Where should my focus and priorities be? Ask those questions and expect God to respond and give you some direction. Now, here's the thing. This goes with number three. Our striving is to hear, not to act. Because sometimes I pray at 8 o'clock at 8.15, I'm like, okay, Lord, well, I'm assuming that what you said was what I was thinking about doing, so I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. Bless you. No. Whatever the big issues of your life that you've been wrestling with, you've been thinking of, it's been there for the last 15 years, a couple more weeks ain't going to matter. Strive to hear from God. Give him some time to speak. More than that, give you some time to learn to hear him. Ask God and don't do anything about what you hear. What I've seen in my life is that if God tells me something once and I'm too dumb to get it, he'll say it again. He'll send somebody to confirm it. He'll send people around me to affirm what he has me to do. So I can, I can just be still and say, God, was that you? Am I, am I sure? Is that the way you want me to go? And he has never let me down on confirming his plans for my life. Here's the last one. And this is where we're going to spend some time today. Practice new rhythms. Ask big questions. Strive to hear. And the number four is evaluate your season. Ecclesiastes said, there is a time for everything. What time is this in your life right now? What what, what season are you in? Are you in a building season or are you in a tearing down season? Are you in a mourning season? Are you in a rejoicing season? There's these seasons, there's this rhythm of life that God has made in, and it's there throughout the Bible, even from creation. He said there's going to be some time to work and there's going to be some time to rest. There's going to be four seasons of the year. There's going to be daytime, there's going to be nighttime. He has built in a rhythm of life and he wants us to be mindful of the seasons of our lives that change because what happens is he speaks to us to usher us from one season into the next one. But I got to be mindful, what what season, what what time is he calling me to right now? And so I want to give us this context in this this little little, uh, picture. I don't know if you've seen this, but this is from the the, the gurus. This is from the housing declutter gurus. And I think it applies to us in our own spiritual and emotional and physical lives. They say, here's how you declutter. You got three buckets. You got a throwaway bucket. You got a put away bucket and you got a giveaway bucket. And depending on our lives, depending on the different aspects of our lives, we can find ourselves in one of these seasons. And so I want to unpack these a little bit and, and have you look at your life and say, what, what season does God have you in right now? And are you responding to that season in the appropriate fashion? The first one is throwaway. There's some stuff in your life that just needs to go. 
This needs to go. I, I, I shared a couple of weeks ago that I watched that show Hoarders for the first time, thinking about this series. And that show was scary. I mean, I, just, I, I watched the episode and I just sat there just overwhelmed. And, and I looked at these people who are sick and struggling and having the hardest time letting stuff go. And this isn't even valuable stuff. I'm talking about 20-year-old magazines. I'm talking about literal garbage in their house. Stuff that they acknowledge that I will probably never use, but they are, they are enraptured by fear and worry, and so they won't actually ever let anything go. And their house is just cluttered, filled to the rafters. And they know it's not healthy. They know it's not good, but they haven't figured out a way to get out of that cycle. And I sat there and I watched that show and I saw my own tendencies as I was watching it. Because we can look at the extreme and say, wow, they're way out there. But I guarantee you, we have the same hoarding tendencies in our own lives. We're afraid to let anything go. Well, the what ifs and the could happens and the, and the, and the it, one day it might. You ain't used that thing in 15 years. Throw it in the garbage can. Let it go. And so as we're doing this, this series, I really want you to go home and physically look at your house and make some physical changes to your physical environment so that you can get some room and get some of the clutter out of our spaces. Because we just keep collecting it. We just keep holding on to stuff. We just keep grabbing it. And again, we got some people, you know, this whole public storage industry is amazing. I think that's the most profitable industry in the country right now. People don't only have their houses filled, they got somebody's garage filled with stuff that they don't even go visit and we paying to keep junk that we never going to use. Why do we do that? It's fear. It's worry. And we don't see that if we are so filled to the rafters, how can God finally pour anything else new in? I got so much stuff. You know the other problem with stuff? is if you got it, you got to think about it. It takes cycles to think about all this stuff I got. Where am I going to keep it? How am I going to keep it clean? How do I make sure nobody takes it? We got time and energy spent on keeping stuff, most of it we don't even ever use. And the first step is to to make that hard decision, to say, "I, I, I don't, this is of no value. Your Jet Magazine collection from 1970... I know I'm hitting some toes on that one. I know I hit them. We can let that one go. That jet beauty is 96 years old now. You're not going to date her. Let it go. (laughs) Sorry. That that went in my notes. That just came up in my spirit. Okay, anyway. Sorry. Let me get back. (laughs) We got to let some stuff go. And make room expecting that God has something new for us that's relevant for this moment at this time. And when I'm so filled, I can't even see God coming. Number two, 
throwaway. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to give, I want to give a scripture for that. Jeremiah 8 and 7. This is, this is important. It says, even the stork in the sky knows for appointed seasons. And the dove and the swift and the thrush observe the time of their migration. But my people do not know the requirements of the Lord. See, here's, here's what throwaway means. Oops. Here's what the problem with being unable to throw away anything is because I now miss that it's God who has called me out of an old season and usher me into a new one. But I've got such a tight grip on what's old, I can't even see that it's time for something new. Now, your seasons are valid. I asked the first service, what, 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 what's consuming you? What are you dealing with? And it's, it's valid stuff. Bills and mortgages and kids and education. All these things are wonderful. Ask people, what are you carrying? I'm carrying the stress from my job and I'm, I'm dealing with the grief and loss of a loved one. And all of those things are valid and natural. But they're not eternal. Some of us have been living in this season of grief for years. And, and that's natural, and it doesn't have to just be a person. When we lose a job, when we lose a relationship, when we lose literally a loved one, that, 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 that tendency to, to, to go through that grieving process of anger and sadness, that is perfectly natural, but you're not supposed to dwell there. We, we live through it, and then we allow God to bring us out of it. But if I'm so clenched on this my whole life and my whole focus, and, and I can't see what God is pouring in because I'm so busy looking back, let that season go because God is doing something new relationships toxic relationships you know you don't want them they clearly don't want you let it go make room for something new that God might be doing that job which we are just fighting and clawing and scratching to keep and keep other people from taking it and fighting with the boss, maybe you need a new job. Maybe God is trying to close that door, but I got my foot stuck in there talking about God, come help me. He's closing that door to open up something new. Do I trust him enough to follow him into a new season? And, and the requirement is, do I know the Lord? Do I trust the Lord? Am I hearing the Lord to know when it's time for me to let one season go and enter into a new one? Part two, put away. There's things that we don't just get rid of. We're not throwing everything out. Some stuff we need to keep it and put it away. Remembering is good. So I don't want us to get care. I'm not saying don't keep anything. It's good to remember all of our past and our experiences and, and the things that we have as mementos. Those remind us of the journey that we have been on and, and have made us who we are today. I'm not going to go home and throw away my wedding picture album for multiple reasons. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. It's not that we can't have things that are precious and, 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 and supporting to us, but, but the question is, what am I really keeping a hold of? Well, what am I going to, when I survey all that is, how do I know when it's time to know this one needs to be put away? Why? Because it's still useful today. 
It's still still helpful. It's still growing. And and as I think about this thing that I'm keeping, it it helps me grow into where God is moving. He's going to use this in the next season of my life. We need those victories, those encouragements, those reminders that God has been there for me. That God has used me before, that God has protected me, and God has so so don't get rid of everything. But but identify those things that are valuable. And, and then and then keep developing them. The scripture that I want to use for this for context comes from the book of Matthew, chapter six. Here's what he tells us: store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart is also. He's telling us to put away those things and keep those things that are having us building up treasures in heaven. There's value here. There is an investment that we're making for our real home with God in heaven. And most of those things don't have on-off switches. Most of those things don't need to get upgraded every six months. There are things that he's telling me to keep a hold of. To, to look at all of the things that are possible and hold on to a few crucial things because I'm going to use those. I've given them to you and I'm going to grow those and use you for my glory. We're talking about gifts and abilities and passions and talents that can be invested and God will make an increase. All those things that we have that just come so easily to us. Maybe you sing, maybe you write, maybe you serve, maybe you are kind, maybe you encourage. Whatever those gifts and those, those passions that God has poured into you, there's a way to use those. And that's what God has given them to you for. And so we identify those things and we say, I'm not throwing those things out. I'm going to use them. And again, they may not be the biggest things in your life. They could be something subtle. Some of us have had incredible experiences and we've gained some wisdom. Well, use it. Keep it. Share it. Teach others how to be wise. Teach others how to be kind. Show it by your life. We don't just throw out those things. We we, we keep them and honor them. I'm um, I'm mindful that there's ways that God can use me that aren't always big and showy. I was thinking about what I wanted to keep, and and I, I try each Sunday to make sure that the word from God is clear and that the word from God is useful for the people that he's gathered here. But I cannot invest in 300 people at the same time. So if God has given me a gift of teaching or wisdom or explaining the word of God, how do I use that? Well, I've got a small group that I'm a part of. It's a handful of guys and we share life and we talk about the challenges of marriage and parenting and, and being a man of God and, and it's iron sharpening iron and I feel like my gifts is used in that setting. But even more than that, I'm a part of a small Bible study group. I, I have three or four young men 
that I meet with every week and we talk about life and I'm trying to pour into them. I'm trying to invest in them. I'm trying to encourage them. I want to ask you, who are you investing in? Who are you encouraging? Now, now this may not be the biggest thing. I'm probably never going to be on the cover of Time Magazine for meeting with three young men. But I think it glorifies God. I think God gave it to me. And by the way, Jesus had thousands of followers. He hung out with 12. And he really poured into three. I think that's a model that he's trying to say. What I've given you, I want you to invest in those things and, and use it each and every day of your life. The problem is we got so many options. You know what some of our problems is, some of your problem is? You're too gifted. You got too many gifts. You got too many abilities. You got too many talents. And there's 100 people pulling on you. 100 people want you to do something that only you can do. You got, you're, you're a member of 42 clubs. You got 63 magazine subscriptions. Everybody wants a piece. And you're trying to meet everybody's needs and you're pouring it out into a hundred different places and no one is really getting the benefit of all that God has poured into you. So in order to put away, what we really got to do is have a conversation about pruning. Now, pruning is hard. See, see, because pruning isn't just throwing away stuff that's no good. Pruning gets to dealing with stuff that looks pretty good. It's good. It's useful. I, I got a tree in my backyard. It's a, it's a Fuji apple tree. I love Fuji apples. And they are, that tree's doing pretty good. Now, I'm not a gardener. Everything that's living in my backyard is there because it's a survivor. <laughs> it can make it on its own. Praise the Lord. But every now and then, I feel like I should go out and invest in my garden. So I go out there, and I, and I took these, you know, um, yeah, and, and I'm heading outside, and, and I'm going to prune this tree. But the tree, I mean, it's all, it's got stuff going everywhere, right? But all the branches have apples on them. How do you cut off something that makes tasty apples? So I looked at it, and I'm like, well, I don't want to cut none of the apples. I like them. So I went back inside and sat back down. I, I didn't want to touch anything. But then I went on Google, and I looked it up, and I said, no, you, you got to make some cuts. Because as good as the apples are, if you were pruning it correctly, if you would take away some of the excess fruit, you ended up with the best fruit possible. I'm robbing the tree from producing the best that it can because I'm afraid to cut anything back. That should speak to somebody today. We got to prune some stuff back. We got too many branches going in every direction. God is saying, if you would cut some of that off, you have no idea how fruitful I could make your life. Take some of the good, take some of the things you like, take some of the things that bring you joy and cut some of them back and invest not in the good, but invest in the best that God has given you and watch your fruitfulness expand. That's what he's calling us to do. But pruning hurts. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. But when we have excessive fruit, we end up with excessive clutter. And we can't possibly be living this life. We can't possibly find any margin because we're spread so thin in a hundred different directions. 
And as fruitful as you are, as gifted as you are, you cannot live the life that God has called you until you're willing to cut back on some of those commitments and allow God to grow you in the few areas that he designed you for. Last one. We throw away, we put away, and the last one is we give away. Now, giving means with intentionality, I'm taking something that is valuable and passing it on to someone else that they may be blessed by it. It's an intentional investment. It's it's a sowing in to others. And you know why this can be painful? Because we like the stuff that we're giving away. It looks good, feels good, might still fit good. I still like it. But the reality is, it's been a blessing to me for a long time. And, and, I, and I've enjoyed it for so long. But I see how this could be even more of a blessing to somebody else. You know how it goes. Brother shared with me this morning. He says every year he goes through his closet. And he clears out his closet. And he has the stuff that he throws away. He has the stuff that he gives to goodwill. And then he has some other stuff that he calls, you know, kind of like his, his, his investment sewing box. And he says, the difference is if I take it to goodwill, they're going to sell it to somebody. But I just want to bless somebody. So he said he gathers up some stuff, not shirts and coats. and jack- He says, particularly in the wintertime, and he'll gather them up. And he said he'll take them to the park and he'll leave the box in the park which by the way, as terrorism grows, might not be the best idea. But anyway, he takes the box and he leaves it in the park and then he backs away and he watches. And he says, people in need will come and they'll pick up a coat and they'll try it on and they'll see which one fits them, which one meets their needs. And they'll find the one that seems custom made for them and they'll take it and people will just keep coming to And he said, I can't tell you the blessing that I feel in my heart watching someone benefit from what I sowed into their life. And, and that's what sowing is. It's not just giving away the scraps. It's giving away the, the things that we like and the things that we enjoy. There's a sacrifice in sowing. And, but there's a blessing that comes back that is unmanageable. The sowing also looks like identifying a need and sowing to meet it. Ladies, you love jewelry. Okay, most of you love jewelry. And we have rings and bracelets and things that we just are really attached to. And they bring us joy. They look beautiful. They're lovely. But I want to ask you, is it possible that you could take a piece of jewelry that you still like, that's still beautiful, and maybe find a young woman who maybe doesn't feel too good about herself? maybe doesn't find her life or her image worthy. And you give this to her and say, you know what? I'm going to give you this beautiful token to let, let you know how beautiful I see you. To let you know how beautiful God thinks you are. Maybe I could sow something in this by something as simple as giving away a piece of jewelry, which by the way, we probably got boxes of other stuff too. 
but can God use our lives to transform somebody else's and give away, not out of our excess, but out of the blessings that God has given us? It's so simple, but we get so busy and so distracted and so cluttered, we see, we miss the opportunities that God gives us. And then there's one other thing. This giving away really talks about our legacy. It's not just material stuff. But I want you to ask as you're thinking about this and asking these big questions, what would God have you give your life to? And there's some good stuff that we can do, but isn't there something that's the best that that God has just gifted you for, that he's just designed you for, that you have a passion for, that, that, that you could pour into this and it would have fruit like nobody else could have? Isn't there something that you can hear from God about how you could be a transformative agent in this world? I think there is. I know there is. There's a legacy, an eternal legacy that God is trying to build in your life. And he's given you everything you need to accomplish it. He's given you every gift and he'll open every door and he'll bring every opportunity and he'll bring the people around you to make it happen. There is something, some people that you can reach, some blessings that can flow through you that nobody else on the planet is equipped to accomplish just like you are. Have you asked him what it is? Have we listened for what he might say? And are we willing to move the other stuff aside and allow what he gives us as the primary thing to be primary. I think it changes our lives. I I think it opens up doors of, of blessings that we can't even imagine. I think it makes our life full and joyful and powerful when we're living into those areas where God has called us to be an instrument in his hand. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.